Homesteads and Homeschools as part of the Liberty Hippie Podcast Network. If you like what we do, be sure to check out This Week in Liberpods, Peace Freaks, Cannabis Heals Me, and Free Markets Green Earth. We're living proof that libertarian doesn't mean washed up Republican. Hello there. How are you today? Welcome back to another episode of Homesteads and Homeschools. I am your host of this fine, fine production, the Liberty Hippie, here with you for another week, just like last week, and uh, most likely I will be here next week. This is episode number 80, which means you can find the show notes at homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash 080. It's very complicated. My guest today is a repeat offender. He was back on in episode number 31 when we talked about pork and pigs, and slang and meat, and all that that good jazz. So go check that one out if you haven't already. And uh, yeah, so he's on today. Mr. Josh, Mr. Josh Pierce, is on today to talk about Ranch Manager Open. And I will let him do all the talking about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll just get into it. We'll just get into it. So let's go plant those liberty seeds with Mr. Josh Pierce. My guest today is is back, He's back again. Um, had him on back in episode thirty one, uh, talking about some pigs and stuff. So uh, Josh is here to to talk with us today about something else he's got working on. Um, so Josh, thank you for coming back on and uh, welcome welcome back. <laughs> Thanks, glad to be back. Yeah, so. Um, I know you've you've expanded a little bit. Um, I think you're you're. Last time we talked, you you were doing mostly pork, right? You were selling pork, and then you might have had some some beef on the side or something. Is that, are you still doing that, or uh, are you up to now? Yeah, we're still doing the pork. Um, we are still in the process now of actually building our beef herd. Okay. Um, so we're still probably about two about two two and a half years out. Uh, from having beef finally hit the market. Um, we're playing with a miniature breed, uh, which for a lot of people without a ton of acreage uh, is actually a good way to go. Uh, so we've got a little Dexter heifer, uh, Irish mini breed, supposed to be top quality uh, grade A milk. And the beef is supposed to be comparable to Kobe. So... We're uh, playing with that. I'm going to see how that goes. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so so wh- wh- when you say you're playing with it, what do you like? Are you m- mixing it with, with something else? Are you trying to get a herd of just that going on or? Um, we are right now in the process of finding a Dexter bull. Uh, ours is coming in next year. Uh, we had to wait so we could get one that's unrelated. Um. But we've got a couple leads on a few people here with a Dexter bull that we might be able to lease out to go ahead and breed with. Um, and it's about 24 months, so two years until butcher on the calf. Um, and then we'll know for sure if the beef quality is as great as everybody keeps screaming about or not. Well, like I, I, um, I've heard of like minute, you know, the miniature goats, miniature sheep, all this miniature whatnot. I don't think I've ever heard of, of miniature cows, uh, that, are they like a 
common like how far do you have to go to find one of those not very actually um i actually so the rancher that we got our heifer from i found in a facebook group uh for dexters um he just happened to be down south um there was actually a group dedicated to arizona so i was able to jump in and start hearing a little bit about them some of the pros and cons and you know, the cons, I mean, obviously less meat. Uh, they're a lot smaller. The pros are they eat a lot less. So they actually, our heifer eats about half of what one of our horses eats in a day. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Horses eat a lot. That's all, that's all they do. I think it's just eat and, uh, eat. So what's the, what's the, uh, meat to bone ratio like on, on a miniature? Is it comparable to like, if you sized up to like a regular size cow or is it more bone, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're still with a mini. Uh, from what I've read, um, I don't know the exact numbers, we haven't run any in yet. Um, but it's still about 40 45 percent uh yield. That's uh, not bad then. It could be a, a, something interesting for a, a backyard project. Uh, can, can you get like frozen um bur- bull, bull semen? I guess you, you want to call it. I don't know. Can you like are they not that popular? You can, okay. You can. Um, they do have it available. Uh, it's just, it can be a little pricey, uh, depending on what you're looking to breed yeah. with. Okay. Yeah, I, I uh, have a in-law, I guess, yeah, an in-law, um, who uh, he, he was doing beef cattle, I think, and then got out of that, or maybe they were doing dairy, and he got out of that and went into like the, uh, I don't know, insemination business or whatever you may call it. And I guess he makes like decent yeah, money. I don't you know? want to be on the gathering end of that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um, but okay. All right. And uh, I'm curious. So the, the pork's been going all right for you guys. Yeah, still going good. Uh, we've actually increased our yield a little bit. So we're actually running close to 70% yield right now. Um, so, you know, figure average 63 on a hog. Uh, we're up between 68 and 70%. So I'm real pleased with that. Um, the problem we're having right now is we're selling out faster than we can produce. Okay. So it's a matter of trying to get our production up. We just got a little bore. Um, finally brought him in a couple of months ago. So probably about another four or five months, he'll be ready to do his job and, uh, you know, pay his way. Good deal, man. So how the uh, the whole COVID thing and and – all that did you see business kind of pick up a little bit or people looking for that or was it so when i when i was going to the store and stuff i feel like pork wasn't too hard to find i know like beef like almost doubled in price if not more um you know i, I know how that affected you um here pork we'd go to bashes and uh you know it got to the point we were selling everything we had so we didn't even keep any back for us so we had to go to the store and get the nasty <laughs> stuff uh <laughs> But uh, we'd go into bashes or something, you know, and or Walmart even, and we'd see, you know, pork prices going up. Last year, uh, you know, we were selling our sausage at six forty nine a pound. We were getting people going, "Oh wow, that's expensive!" You know, bacon was at nine ninety nine a pound. You're like, "Oh, that's that's high." You know, now if you go to the store out here and you look, we're actually right about where the store's at. Um, the benefit to us is grain prices stayed the same which meant we were able to keep our prices the same. We didn't have to up our prices. So I was reading somewhere a couple of weeks ago 
that Walmart on their meat anyway was starting was upping prices something like almost forty percent. Wow. Um, I don't know how accurate that is. Uh, you know, I I don't work in that area. Um, but it's there. It, it looked to me like there was a lot of price gouging going around nationwide. Yeah, it it was one of those things. It was kind of funny because I, I remember, you know, with like with like beef, it was you'd find it on the cheap for like on sale. You know, it was like dollar ninety nine for the you know fat stuff, right? And um, right. And now, it, like I was looking at it the other day, it was I can't remember if it was three ninety nine or four ninety nine a pound. It was like man, it's, it's wild, but uh, it changes changes your diet. I didn't know if uh, and at those prices, you know, you can go find. Your your local farmer who's you know growing his stuff in the backyard and and that's why I was curious if people came to you more because some prices are comparable so you might as well get it from you know we did we actually had a lady uh, we actually just delivered hers to her about two weeks ago um she actually called shortly after this started and she's like I want to buy a whole hog butcher and you know i'm like okay you understand the price on this right you know this is what the cost is with processing included and she goes yeah that's fine okay you know so she paid her deposit and i told her it was going to be probably a you know a, a month or two uh we didn't have one that was ready so at that point it was a mad dash to get our hands on one that was close to market weight so we end up going to our breeder uh, who feeds the exact same way we do, which is helpful. They just had a litter hit the ground and then they had a litter that hit about five months ago. So we were able to grab one of the older ones and, you know, same feed, they get it from the same place. So we were able to get that one in. I just delivered a port to her about two weeks ago. So she was pretty pleased to have that one back. But she was telling me with the COVID thing, her husband is a respiratory therapist at the hospital there in Sholem and uh, said that he's been busy, but he's not seeing, you know, the same, that, the same issues that the media is screaming yeah. there are, you know, that they're not as busy as everybody's making it sound. And I mean, we're right off the Navajo res. They had that thing, nobody in, nobody out. It was completely locked was out. It? Yeah. And now, you know, Arizona being one of the, fastest growing COVID cases, you know, since they started to open everything back up, you know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's crazy. We're having to keep real close eye on my wife now. Uh, you know, she's got some medical stuff going on and no immune system anymore, but yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things. I think it's scary for a very particular demographic, you know, um, and for the rest of people, it's probably not that big of an issue, but, uh, I don't know. So you are growing your herds, you're getting more and more animals. And, uh, you know, like you said, you, you got to wait for your, your, uh, bull, your, your little mini, mini bull to, to come in. Um, why do you have to wait? Why, why, why can't you get it from, uh, you know, a, a relative of, of your heifer? What are you waiting on? We don't want to, well, we don't want to inbreed. So the bull he had dropped this year uh, was a brother to the heifer that we got last year. So if we got him, bred him, well, then we have inbreeding and you have all sorts of issues with the calf and we want to keep our herd clean. So 
next year he'll ha- he's got a new bull and a new cow coming in. He's breeding those two, and he'll be able to get us an unrelated bull. So this year what we're planning on is getting a hold of another rancher here that has a Dexter herd and see if he will lease his bull out to us to breed our heifer with. How, um, with inbreeding and stuff, um, how big of an issue is that? And, and does it, cause I know like when I did rabbits, um, you know, it, for a few generations, it, it's not an issue. You know, if you change things up every, you know, little bit here, um, is, is as you get, I guess as I understood it or as I think I, I imagined it to be, as you get like, you know, with bigger animals, it, there's probably less, um, forgiveness for, for inbreeding. Um, is, is that, do you know anything about that? Yeah, it's so here, if you go to market and there's any inbreeding in the past, it severely devalues, uh, the animal. Um, I know uh, another rancher up here had a bull get in with one of his cows that was related. And so they had an inbred calf and word got out on that one. And he only got like 40 cents a pound for that calf. (laughs) And I mean, I'm like, man, hog, you know, hog prices are freaking higher than that right now. You know, and they're, they're in the dirt. That's crazy. Does it, um, so it's, does it matter? How much does it really matter at the, at the end of the day? Um, with the inbreeding stuff. At the stuff. end of the day, if you're if you're going down one generation and you're just butchering it straight out, in reality, it's not that big of a deal. Um, you know, we've got a guilt that we picked up that was in a pen with her dad and her brothers who were not neutered uh, since they weren't castrated. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure she was covered a couple times. So I'm waiting now to see if uh, if she does pharaoh. If she does, then the whole litter gets butchered because we don't want to use anything that's inbred later on as a replacement um, because it can increase the risk of birth defects or, you know, disease and stuff like that, or at least susceptibility to disease. So we try and keep everything as clean as possible, as pure as we possibly can. You know, rabbits, yeah, when we're doing our meat rabbits, you know, we'll do father, daughter, mother, son, and then that litter gets butchered out. We just, we don't sustain it more than that first generation. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's because, I don't know. I always felt like it was with the smaller animals or just, you could, you could get away with it a little bit, um, you know, kind of half siblings or whatever for, for a generation be okay. But you did have to kind of stir it up eventually, um, which, you know, makes it, uh, can, can make it tricky for, you know, kind of backyard homesteader type when you try to get you know like a a little goat herd or a couple pigs going and and dairy and stuff like that um to try to keep it keep it fresh you know and and to keep it all under control there um so i don't know you have been working on something there uh to help help keep it all straight because um you can keep it all on paper right all the all the lines and stuff you can keep on paper um I know when I, right. I, we did, I did meat rabbits and we had, um, uh, blue Americans and, um, they, they were pedigreed or whatever. And, you know, and, and I was able to keep the lines situated and I had the, you know, on my, my filing cabinet, I had a, you know, a file on each of them and, and all the, you know, drawn out and, but you've, uh, you've something that's made it a lot easier. So it tells a little bit about, about that. 
Yeah, so we've actually, as of the first of this year, uh, we acquired a software product from a company in Colorado. Um, it's called Ranch Manager Open, um, mainly because the licensing right now is the desktop software itself is free to download, use. Um, you don't have to pay anything. Uh, that might change in the future. I haven't decided uh, what we're what direction we're going to go as far as licensing and stuff. Um, but actually, let me open it up here so I can actually uh, talk a little bit about it. I'll just use the dev version. <laughs> so currently, I'm working on a module specifically for tracking swine. Um, it already does camelids, so llamas, uh, shoot, all that good stuff. Uh, sheep, goats, dogs, even, it even does canine, um, wildlife. Cause I know some places, you know, it's, it's perfectly fine to, uh, breed and raise deer, uh, which, you know, I wish that was here. I love venison, but, uh, it also does cattle and equine. So currently I'm working on a swine module for it. Uh, but so if you go into your cattle herd, and I've got some of this on our YouTube and stuff like that, where I'm starting to walk through uh, the different modules ind individually and kind of give, give an overview of them. It's just been a little while since I posted, I think so, like five months. Um, got hung up with, you know, a bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. But so what it does is, so it tracks various information for, for your animals. So I'll specifically go into the cattle module. Um, but what you do is when you enter your record, You've got a display name and then your name. So if you name your, you know, your, you've got a cow, you name her Bessie, and you've got her her plastic tag at A195, you, know, you can have the display name set as A195-Bessie, and that's what will show up in the software. Um, but it tracks your, metal, your plastic tag you enter, your metal tag, brisket tags, any tattooing, <clears throat> uh, registration numbers, tracking numbers, and what country they're for. So if you uh, you can put your tracking number in for, say, the U.S., and then you put in who the breeder was. So you can track who bred what, uh, your gender, uh, the sire, dam, or surrogate dam, if it was unknown, if it was an embryo, uh, your breed, horns, whether it's pulled, scurred, whatever, birth date, birth weight, birth ease, and color. Um, so you track all that information you put in there. If it's purebred, you can mark that. Well, now it comes into tracking EPDs. So if you're running a registered purebred herd, mm -hmm. you can track your EPDs in the software itself. What, what is that EPD? EPDs are expected prodigy differences. So basically, it allows you to look at the breeding patterns and histories of two animals, look at those numbers, and be able to determine whether you're going to get a pretty good calf off of those two pairs of breeding or not. Um, I, was, I was unaware I of that. I personally don't use them. I don't use them because they're a real pain in the butt. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of craziness, and you know, so I don't use them. Uh, but most people with registered herds will actually use those. Um, you can mark the animal as a twin or triplets or whatever. Because, you know, everybody knows once in a while you'll have a cow drop too. Um, age verified. So if it was born on your property, you can mark age verified. Um, but you also have to have a government registration number uh, assigned. 
Um, and then you can mark it for sale. Mark as a feeder if you're just going to butcher it out or not managed if, you know, your neighbor has two head that are grazing in your pasture with your animals. You can enter them into the software and then put not managed. And then when you go to feed or, you know, when you go to sell, it won't come up in the list of your animals. Um, then you can track, you know, your weaning date, weaning weights, uh, your yearling dates. You can set them in your groups. So if you've got, you know, one group that you're breeding in September, one group that you're going to breed in November, you can have them in separate groups and be able to identify them by that. Event history. So any kind of event that can happen. So medical treatments, you can track it. Um, pregnancy tests, uh, milking, uh, feedings, body scores, embryo transplants, uh, showing the animal, uh, weighing it. You can import information from a scale head or from an RFID one. So you can have, you know, if you're running cattle, you could have one of your cows run up into a chute. You hit them with an RFID one and the software just pops up the record for that animal. Yeah. It's a, uh, there's a lot, a lot of stuff there. Um, and I know there is, it, it, it sounds intimidating. Um, and I think it does, but you know, like, cause I, when I started using it for like our goats and stuff right now, I don't have all of that fancy stuff, but for my purposes, um, you know, I'm able to put in like the birth dates. I'm able to put in, you know, the body scores and, and their weights and I can track all of that information. That was all stuff that like, you know, I had kept on an Excel sheet somewhere that, you know, I'm trying to remember, you know, I, I got to go find it. And, you know, when, when did I last worm them and all that stuff? And, and that has a place for all of that. And, and when I pull up that animal, all that information is there. Um, and it's definitely, it's something, and I think right. it will, I will probably grow with it. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's there and I'm going to, as, as my goats get older and as we get more of them and stuff like that, I'll be able to, to utilize, um, a lot more of that. Uh, I think another thing that I, I right. thought was because you can, when you enter in their um, lineage, their their parentage, um, mm -hmm. you know, and there was a, a, a an option that like, oh, let me kind of see if like, will this work or will this not work? Like, is there too much inbreeding? Is there too much? Like, are, are they animals related? And I think you can set it to go back like a certain number of generations or something like that, or maybe it's built in. Um, so that, you know, it tells you like, there's, you know, so much percentage of, of a cross, you know, uh, between. Right. Like, and it just, it was, it was, um, I don't know. I, I appreciate it. I shared it with a couple of people that, um, you know, have, I think I've started to use it for that purpose um, just to kind of manage, you know, what, what you have um, because it, it can get, sloppy real real fast if you're not careful and to have it in one concise place like that is uh, <laughs> definitely yeah it, it can get real messy um i actually i love the pedigree uh sheet um you know i i love that ability uh you know to detect inbreeding um you know you can even go into uh, uh ai and breed animals you can put all that in um but the uh the detecting inbreeding is absolutely amazing um, you know, I, I absolutely love it. 
Because that's how, like when you have a smaller herd that like, you know, you can run into. And even if you're, you know, getting animals like you're trading a buck with uh, somebody down the road, um, you know, you as long as you're putting that information in there, that, that'll pop up. And that's not something you're going to have, you know. I'm not going to go through my my paperwork and look back, you know, two or three generations on on these goats that uh, you know <laughs> that that'll flag it for me. Right. Yeah, it's that actually helps a ton. You know, if you've got you know in your case, if you've got 20 goats out in one pasture and you're going to turn a buck out, you know, you could actually run that run that against it and find out is this going to be inbred with any of the um, of the does that i've got in there um you know and you can know ahead of time so then you can decide okay do i want to get another buck or do i want to just pull that doe out you know it's it's good information to have right in front of you yeah it really is it's it's very useful i think when i first started using it, it was a little a little daunting trying to to uh figure it out you know um but it did it, it's it's you get used to it and it's like oh that's, that makes sense now i get that now that's what this means so. do you have is there any sort of uh like database like where i don't know different breeders have uploaded their stock their information i, I suppose it's more of a pedigree question i don't, I don't know does that make sense not on our end um with the cattle herd, you can import information from cattle associations, uh, which I'm prob I'm going to be removing that at least in the in the uh, interim, just because when the original developer did it, they didn't get authorization from the associations, so he's screen scraping from their <laughs> from their databases, which there's some questions of legality with that. Uh, so I am going to be removing that. Um, for now until I can go through all the legal channels and get it all done right, get direct access into their information. Um, other than that, on our end, there isn't anything. Um, that's actually something that I might have to put and look into is being having all of our users be able to upload that information and, uh, you know, users being able to pull it down if they buy, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, it would just be interesting. Like, and I'm sure, you know, it probably wouldn't make a difference, but I, you know, I think like with the bigger, you know, if you were had the bigger, bigger herds and you're more involved in like the, you know, cattle and stuff like that, um, that might be something interesting. I don't know. I, don't know. I think what might be interesting, what I might look at. So I get a ton of people all the time asking if they can import from a CSV. And right now that is not possible simply because it is a pain in the butt, not from a development standpoint, but from a support standpoint. So everything has to be in a very specific order, spaces in a certain place for it to import properly. And originally the software did have that capability, um, but LineEdge actually removed it because they constantly had people who, who had their CSV files mixed up or they'd export from one program and it has them in a different order than what this needed. So you've got like 30 different configurations you have to deal with. And it's, it's a nightmare. Uh, so I'm actually in the process of figuring out a better way to do it uh, without the uh, support headache. You know, it's just me doing all the support. So sometimes it might take me, a, you know, a few days or a week to get back to somebody, you know, and, 
for the most part, all of our customers have been really understanding about it. Um, you know, but once in a while you get the one that's like, I need this issue solved now, you know, and I do the best I can. I was actually on the phone, like Saturday, Sunday, we're closed. There's no support. There's no squat. <laughs> yeah. You know, those are my days to unwind from all the hair pulling that, you know, that we did, uh, through the week. But, uh, I, about a couple months ago, actually, I spent, uh, probably about eight, nine hours on the phone with a customer on a Sunday morning because she had goats getting ready to kid that week and her software was down. Uh, so, you know, it's, there are situations where I will jump in on a weekend or something, but I try to avoid it as much as I can to spend time with the family. Yeah. 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 Gotta do that. Gotta do that. Um, all right. Any, anything else, uh, coming up with that? I know you're, what version are you on right now? Uh, right now it's 3.0. So 5.0 is in development. Um, it's a very slow process because it's again, just me. Um, Android is actually should be releasing next year. So right now, uh, the desktop software, you know, free to download, free to use, uh, it's available on Mac and windows. Um, the, cloud synchronization feature which is a paid feature uh, that's 39.99 a year per device um, that is only available on iOS so iPhone and iPad um, but your child device that you use with the cloud doesn't have to be a mobile device it could be another computer so you know but that's just the ability to synchronize between multiple systems <clears throat> um, so Android is coming up. That got delayed this year due to my wife, uh, you know, her new medical issue that just popped up and uh, COVID and, you know, all that. Everything, everything's getting messed around. Yeah, it's, that one's being outsourced. Uh, I'm not doing the development on the Android itself um, <clears throat> just because that's a bit beyond my development capabilities. So we've got, uh, I'm actually developing it and, or uh, outsourcing it. What threw me off was I was looking for a, you know, a third party who could develop it for me. It's going to cost me a third of the price to have it sent out to India than it is to have it developed here in the U.S. Have it to have a developer come in, a freelancer come in and develop in the U.S. It cost me three times as much. I'm like, come on. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> I want to keep everything in the U.S., you know, but it's, man, we're not pulling that much money. No, no, that's a, you know, we're talking about 10, 12 grand at that point. Yeah. That's crazy. That's wild. But, you know, the cloud sync is cool. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of the only things that, you know, actually the software charges for. Um, now, if you want uh, to import from Scalehead or RFID ones, um, that one does require a flex license, which that one starts at $50 a year, goes up to like $200 a year. Uh, there's, it's going to be completely transparent. There's absolutely no difference in what you get for $50 or for $200. There's no difference. It's, it's, it all writes off as a business expense. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, some, we've had, you know, we have some customers that are larger operations and they're like, yeah, Hey, 200, we'll do that. You know, and all of it dumps back into the software. So, 
you know, it's, it's, uh, that's, what's paying for Android. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, good deal, man. I, uh, it's, uh, I I enjoy it. I, uh, hopefully I'll uh, be able to start using it more. I should have some, some goat kids coming around here. I don't know. Winter, fall, winter, uh, not, not fall, winter, spring, I guess. I don't know. I, I can't tell what season it is anymore. I'm just not used to summer that lasts forever right now for us i think it's monsoon i think that thing rolled in early this year oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah I, yeah but you know so that's coming the swine module is due to release well i've got one bug right now if i can get fixed i can release this thing next week but uh, i've spent about three weeks trying to find this one bug <laughs> <laughs> oh man but, so that should be releasing here pretty soon um, we are going to be adding the ability for lifetime licenses for CloudSync um, and for uh, the Flex license and then, you know, both together. Um, that actually came up. I actually had a customer ask about it last week. Uh, and I was like, you know, yeah, we can do it. We don't have it up on the website and stuff right now. You know, you'll, what we'll have to do is I'll have to send you an invoice. You pay it. Then I go into the database and manually enter it. Um, but that is coming up and going to be publicly available here soon. Uh, that one's a little bit steep in the price uh, just because we're figuring, you know, this thing isn't going away. But what it does is it's going to cover if we do uh, when we decide when we do move this to a paid platform, uh, it's, that's going to roll right along with it and cover that. Um, it's also going to cover any additional versions that we release 4.0, 5.0, whatever, even if we do a full redesign of the software from the ground up, as long as it's the same software doing the same thing, that license is going to remain valid. Very cool. All right. Well, if, if people want to, hopefully we get a lot of those sold. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. I hear you. Um, so where, where can we go to, to find this? Um, so the software is available at ranchmanageropen.com. Uh, you, there's also a link to it on our, on our corporate website, whitemountainslivestock.com. Um, free to download right now. Support is mostly limited to uh, forums, which is a horrible platform. I absolutely <laughs> hate it. Um, I'm trying to get some bugs and st- bug fixes and stuff pushed out, and then I'm going to start tackling a better support system than that nightmare. I mean, it's nice from the standpoint, you know, other users may have run into the same issue through it. And you know, there's one or two that'll jump in, you know, and help with some of that, uh, trying to keep that queue down a little bit. But it's, um, we're also going to add, um, I was debating about adding the ability for people to post livestock they have for sale, especially since Facebook really cut down on yeah, that. Right. Um, so I think we are going to go ahead and add that. Um, all that is going to be between two parties. Uh, you know, we're going to have some, uh, you know, uh, privacy policy updates and stuff like that to, to account that, you know, if, if you send money to somebody for an animal and they stiff you, we're not liable. <laughs> um, but I think that'll be a good one. You know, we've got a customer in Egypt who uses the software who raises and breeds foundation Arabians. Uh, which, as far as the horse world goes, pretty rare anymore. But we've got, you know, we've got customers that are running up upwards of five thousand head of cattle into the software. And the big one I actually just found out 
is the University of Connecticut is actually using the software in their agricultural department. Nice. So they got to have some of that government money they can throw you. Yeah, that one threw me off. I was like, wait, wait, what? Because I had I got an email about updates. Um, you know, it's they've got it in uh, multi-user authentication. So you've got multiple users that log into the system, but it's not updating across that. And I was like, well, I don't have support for that to do it yet. You know, <laughs> I wasn't expecting. You know, I was figuring most of it's going to be you know smaller producers stuff like that. I didn't expect the doggone university was going to be like, hey, let's use this. Yeah. So you know. Probably when we release version 5.0, we'll also release an enterprise version, uh, which will be for those kind of, of uh, you know, of customers uh, that have their own servers and, you yeah. know, that kind of stuff. But that one's still on the drawing board. <laughs> Good deal, man. Good deal. Congratulations. And uh, I hope it keeps keeps growing and, and people find it because it is, it is useful even for just a, a few or a lot. So. It is. It's it's a it's a crazy time playing catch up. Uh, he actually so Lion Edge originally this was a paid software. Um, he moved it to the open platform that it's on now because he got busy with his normal job. His wife was busy with her normal job. They couldn't keep up with support. They couldn't keep up with everything. <laughs> so they moved it to this platform, and support and bug fixes pretty much died. So. We're going. I'm going through now, trying to get all that fixed, and you know, because I mean, over the over time, there's been a ton of bugs that have come into the software. Uh, I've got a lot of them released right, or fixed right now. Uh, there's still some coming in that uh, you know that aren't fixed that I've got on my to do list. Um, so they are being worked on, but uh, you know, and we're probably going to go back to a played platform. I want to keep it inexpensive i don't want it to be you know only people with you know five thousand head of cattle find use in you know spend in spending x amount of dollars to use the software i want it to where the small backyard producer can still afford to do it uh, you know i don't want to too many things like cattle max they have limits on how many you know head you can have for this price and you know we're not going to do that it's going to be however many this thing can run, which I still don't know. I have not found a limit to where I've broke this because of the amount of data yet. Um, I'm trying, but uh, you know, I think right now in my, de in my development version, I've got – how many head of cattle do I have in here? There's a lot. Uh, I'm going to uh, see you search, and let's just pull everything. So I have 237 in here right now. Um, in my other development project, I've got something like 1,500. Nice. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to find the breaking point so I can say, hey, if you're running, you know, 30,000 head might not be the way for you to go. But, you know, right now I haven't been able to find that point yet. So... Good deal, man. Well, I will put those links in the show notes, um, and I'll try to put the YouTube videos up of, um, of you doing the the rundown there. Um, dude, that was it was pretty useful in the the beginning when I started using it. Um, see you kind of break it down. So, yeah, it's uh, there's some issues with the videos. I might end up redoing them. I know when I click on something, a window wouldn't pop up. Uh, <laughs> it would for me, but the video wouldn't catch it. So, uh, you know, I definitely have to go back through and get those redone. 
Um, I got to figure out what in the heck happened with my recording software, but uh, I'll figure it out. And I'm going to get those redone. And I'm eventually I'm going to go through every every module in the software. Um, so for like the cat, you know, like <clears throat> you know, as you've seen with yours, you know, the goat herd and goat breeds. You know, you enter your own breeds because there's all kinds of combinations you could have. And for me to try and keep track of all that for all the modules, my head would explode. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> so, you know, I'm doing both of those together in uh, probably one video. I'll do like goat breeds and the goat herd module all in, all in one. Um, but I might split them up depending on how long they get. I don't want people sitting there for an hour long video. Hey, man, I hear you. I hear you. All right, man. Well, I, I appreciate it and um, wish you luck with everything. And- all right guys that was mr josh telling us all about ranch manager open i hope you guys enjoy it i hope you go take a peek at that fine software out there um if you like it go get yourself a license it's uh it's all voluntary you know, you don't have to buy anything to use it. Um, if you do want to throw them some money for a license, um, it would be greatly appreciated, I am sure. I enjoy the software. Josh is a good guy, and I really appreciate him coming back on to to share with us all that all that the program has to offer. So I know there are many things in there that I uh, am unaware of, so I would do a, a grave injustice if I tried to describe it all myself. But, uh, guys, Josh's wife is... Uh, having a little having some medical issues right now medical uh, difficulties and uh, as you can imagine you know bills add up so if, if you liked what you heard from josh if you, you don't want to buy a license but you still want to throw him some money to uh to help out with um some of the, the medical expenses uh i'm going to put a link in the show notes to both the uh the ranch manager open page and to uh, a gofundme for um for the the medical treatment there um go go take a look and uh you know throw them throw some cash here if you if you want but and uh yeah that's that's all for me this week go leave a review on itunes make sure to hit that subscribe button and uh thank you guys for for listening and uh checking this show out week in and week out i i appreciate it the numbers are growing the downloads are growing and uh it's nice nice to see so get out there so those seeds of liberty and we can all reap sheaves of freedom together I'm gonna ride us this dream